This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host, Paul Zarman. Yes, Paul, it's Wednesday night, not Tuesday night. Like yeah. uh, JR made a lot of us believe that it was Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I caught that, and I'm going, my week's already messed up enough. Stop, JR. Oh, you're, you're, JR. You're killing me here. <laughs> He's always good for one every week, which yeah. I'm not going to harass a guy. Like I said last week, we all make mistakes. We're all – none of us are perfect, but I just had a chuckle. It's like he can't go a week without accidentally putting something somewhere. But that's that wasn't too big. And honestly, I caught it on Twitter more than I did when I was watching live. So if it wasn't for me seeing a tweet, I probably wouldn't have noticed. Same thing here. I saw it on Twitter. I didn't catch JR saying it, but uh, there's a lot. And at this point I'm starting to wonder, is JR doing some of them on purpose? You never know with him. He could be, he likes to troll, troll yeah. the wrestling world a little bit once in a while. So yeah, sometimes he does it by accident. And then there's those other times where I'm like, he's just doing something to rile somebody up somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he uh, he's no dummy. He knows yeah. he knows exactly what he's what he's doing. So, oh yeah, he's been doing this for years. Oh yeah, years and years and years in multiple companies. This is his mm-hmm. um, third mainstream company, I should say. He's worked for more than that. But yeah, uh, before we get into reviewing tonight's AEW Dynamite Fire Fest Night One that took place in the great state of Texas, have you ever been to Texas, Paul? No, I haven't either. No. No. I haven't either. The, uh, uh, I, for this place I've been is Chicago. Okay, you got some traveling to do. <laughs> Just <a laughs> one little. of these days. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. And I want to show everybody what our uh, store looks like on Pro Wrestling Tees for everybody yes. watching on here. Yeah. And of course, if you, uh, while you get that pulled up, if you happen to be in the great city of Chicago, you can always stop by Pro Wrestling Tees and pick it up. Order it online ahead of time and then pick it up while you're there. And there it is right there. All three options so far. You can get a uh, white KOP shirt, a gray, or a black. Yes. So support the Kicking Out podcast. Support Tanner and myself and head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Search up Kicking Out podcast or find it on either one of our Twitters because we've both shared the link. Click on it, buy a shirt, 
there you go. You're supporting KOP. You got it. And uh, of course, you can go right to the link on all of our social media pages as well. And the links will take you to the store and all of our audio platforms, YouTube, all that good stuff. So, yep. Yep. There we go. All right. Well, let's uh, get right into it, Paul. What a fun, fun episode of Dynamite. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we uh, we kick off. You can hear the crowd just roaring. And Hot I wish, start to finish. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, if the opening of Dynamite was any indication of how this show was going to go, it took 30 seconds to realize this was going to be a hot crowd. Sure did. I mean, it's I mean, it's first AW Dynamite we've had outside of Florida since Salt Lake City. in I think March 11th last year, 2020. Yeah. Um, It'll be in Texas again next week, and then Charlotte, and then back to Daly's place for a week, and then, then Pittsburgh, and then I think uh, I think Milwaukee sprinkled in there as well as one more stop uh, before a uh, whole week of Chicago, which all out is sold out. Yeah, uh, there might be some Quickly. more tickets released when they get close to it, but uh, yeah, it sold out very very fast, <laughs> very fast within about ten minutes. I was still in uh, the waiting room, and you're texting me going, hey, uh, there's no tickets available. And I went, well, never mind. Yeah, I I checked (laughs) in when I could. I got in the queue, then the waiting room. By the time I was in the waiting room, there were no tickets left. Now, I did get on the day before on the the pre-sale, and there were some. I could have got then, but I didn't want to pull the trigger for what was available for the price. So um, I will probably be watching it from my couch. But one of these days, I'll get to an AEW pay-per-view. And of course, by uh, buying out, buying, kicking out podcast merchandise, you can help us achieve that goal. Absolutely. Yes. Support our podcast. Look great doing so. Yeah. So, uh, of course, the crowd got even hotter when Wild Things started playing. Um, I couldn't even hear the music over the crowd. So that was nice to hear. Yeah. I thought this match would start off the show and I was right. I mean, what a great way for Moxley to return on AW yep. television for the first time since um, double or nothing. And, and I enjoyed this match a lot. I, I wanted to see more Carl Anderson single matches on AW TV. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who didn't catch it, it was John Moxley defending his IWGP U.S. Championship against Carl Anderson. Uh, started off, Kingston attacked Gallows with a pipe right off the bat, and the two ended up battling through the crowd. I think Kingston knew that Gallows was going to play a part in this if he didn't take him out early, so he just knew to do so. Absolutely. Got to even the odds. Yep. Moxley throws Anderson into the corner and lays into him with chops. No surprise. As we've mentioned, the crowd was extremely behind Moxley. Mm -hmm. Uh, The two were throwing forearms in the center of the ring for what seemed like forever, honestly. (laughs) Back and forth. Uh, Anderson cuts off Moxley, hitting the ropes with an uppercut. The two end up on the floor. Moxley throws Anderson into the barricade a couple of times, beats him up all around the ringside area, and I'm should mention that with this being the IWGP US Championship, they had the Japanese rules, so you had a 20-second countout outside the ring versus a 10-second countout. Yeah, that's that's. I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, yeah, it's it's cool to always hear them announce that this match is going to be contested under New Japan Pro Wrestling rules. I think that's just a really cool touch. 
Yes. Uh, back in the ring, Anderson swings away on the champion. They end up on the second rope. Moxley hits a superplex, sending Anderson crashing to the mat. Moxley looks for a suplex, avoids the gun stun. Both end up hitting double clotheslines twice. Moxley looks for a sleeper hold on Anderson, switches for a pile driver, but it gets blocked. Anderson hits a kick, drivers Moxley to the mat, cover for a two count. Moxley reverses, hits the paradigm shift. No rolling elbow was hit, but Anderson hits the gun stun. Moxley quickly rolls to the ropes to get away from Anderson. Moxley, at this point, had a bloodied lip, and I'm not sure how it happened, but it was there. Wasn't planned. Something, no. yeah, hard and, shot. Yeah, he seemed to kind of keep that away from the camera the best he could. Um, Anderson hits another big cutter, cover for a two count. Anderson goes to the top, leaps, tries for another gun stun. He's hit with a short arm clothesline by Moxley into the paradigm shift. This time it does connect and it gets the cover for a three count. Moxley retains the IWGP US Championship which we both kind of predicted. Yeah, there's no way he was going to lose this. Um, I mean, he's going to defend it against, again next week. We'll get into talking about that here in a little bit. But uh, I foresee him holding this for a while. I mean, he's now defended it more times, I think successfully defended more times than anybody in history. Yep. So that's a pretty he's great accomplishment. I mean, that belt, that title's got tons of history with it. Um, fun way to open up show. I really enjoyed it. That was a good match. Yep. After the match, we uh, see Lance Archer talking with Jake Roberts about it being so simple who John Moxley's next challenger should be. Archer brings up how Moxley took the title from him a year ago, but it's time for his rematch. He said they had a Texas death match in Japan, so how about they have another one in Texas next week? Yeah, he'll get a big pop from the crowd being the home state boy from the Lone Star State in Texas, kind of like um, Ricky Starks did tonight. Uh, but yeah, no, their match was fire last year and, and over in New Japan in early in January before the pandemic hits. Um, I'm all for them running the back again. We did see Archer challenge Moxley for the AW World Title twice, I believe, maybe just one time. I, my memory's kind of foggy on that. Um, so we've seen these two battle within the past year, but this will be totally different. And I'm just glad we're getting Archer back on it on TV in a match. I mean, we haven't seen him in a match since he lost to Miro. I know. Challenging for the TNT title at double or nothing. And Archer's more of a heel now for this match. He just keeps going back and forth. They don't know which direction to go with him, it seems. But I am all for this match. It should be a fun one next week. We then get another backstage segment uh, with Alex Aberhantes, who's talking with Andrade and apparently what seems to be his assistant. Andrade cuts a weird little promo, asks Alex the question of where is the death triangle? He, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think this is he was interested in facing these three guys or does he want to be part of the faction or where, where do you think this is going? I was going to pose the same question to you. Um, two out of three members are luchadors. Right. Andrade was a luchador before he went to the other company. Right. Could we see those three form together and kind of get rid of Pac? Could. Um, 
But man, I feel like they haven't got enough out of the Death Triangle. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a hot faction before, right, right before the pandemic hit. So I personally want to see them go against all three. I, I mean, Andrade against Phoenix, Andrade against Penta, Andrade against Pac. Take my money. I want to see all three of those matches. Spectacular. Five-star potential matches. All three. Now maybe we do see one-on-one matches. And then after... Obviously, if that were the case, Andrade is going to win all three of those matches. There's no, there's no way they're going to have him lose this quick. And once again, I pose this question to you: Do you like the subtitles or not when he's speaking? This week, I did not because they were there before he ever got to it. Right, that was bugging me. Yes, if it was as he was talking, not a big deal. But when they're up there, two sentences before he says it. Eh, that kind of bugs me. Yep, makes it taped, with taped and or scripted. Yep, yep. Now, of course, that was probably because, one, that was taped earlier today. Um, sure. But we've done other ones with Andrade talking that were taped, and we didn't have that problem. And I get why they use it, because he does go back and forth between uh, English and Spanish, and he flip-flops without much warning. But I think his English is getting better. I like yes. that AEW's letting him speak in English. And it's just going to make him more confident with it going forward. And the dude's a million bucks. He looks like a million bucks to me. Um, you know, I, I could, I do have some problems with how they debuted him that first week. I mean, I think they could have held off and it could have been much bigger pop. But ever since that, I've liked everything he's done. Um, they kind of have went away with that surprise he hinted at. It seems like they haven't brought that back up since yeah. that one week. I know, which makes me wonder if it was selena vega before and maybe they didn't know she had resigned maybe she didn't tell anybody um and then she showed up so they're like crap we've got to scrap this now could be or maybe yeah maybe it was something they had planned they decide now we're gonna go in a different direction or maybe they still have it planned and they're just letting it kind of go into the back of our minds a little bit yeah but and i text you this as soon as this promo started Alex is the mouthpiece that Andrade needs. He doesn't need Vicky. I mean, I understand the name and the connection between the two, but Alex would be the perfect mouthpiece for Andrade. He would, but he's already a good mouthpiece for Penta. Which brings me back to the whole... Which Penta needs a mouthpiece because he can't speak English. Right. Right. Which brings me back to the whole maybe we get rid of Pac after he takes on everybody individually and maybe the Lucha Bros say, look, we're on a losing streak. We can't win. Andrade's winning. What if we team up with him and get rid of Pac? Could be. I mean... um it's been interesting with the death triangle. Like I said, they, you know, formed right before the pandemic hit and we've already kind of seen some weird things with Eddie Kingston over time. So, yep. So we'll see where it goes. Cause they're kind of a tweener group too. Yeah. One week their faces, one week their heels. So, so, so we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out. And, uh, next it was time for the FTW championship match. The title that is not recognized by AEW as being an official title of AEW. Uh, it was Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. Starks came out first to a good pop. Again, yeah. hometown boy. Home state boy, yep. Yeah. Uh, Taz, of course, as always for Team Taz, it was on commentary, and Hobbs and Hook were at ringside. Uh, 
right off the bat, Cage goes to work on Starks with military press into a slam. Starks getting sent into the corners a bunch of times until he gets hung up on the top rope. Cage yanks the rope up and down and then slams Starks to the mat. And the crowd is still, even though Starks is getting beat at this point, leaning with Starks. Again, home state boy. Starks runs into the corner. Starks with boots to Cage's biceps with a second rope missile drop kick to uh, Cage. Starks goes to the outside, gets the title. Cage follows and smacks Starks. He tosses the title in the ring. Cage tries to throw him into the ring post. Starks slides by the post in the mat, then runs back and drops Cage with the clothesline. Back in the ring, the This Is Awesome chants start breaking out. Uh, Starks tries for a rear naked choke, but gets jammed into the corner. Cage with a boot to the face tries for a German suplex with no luck. He switches to a pump handle slam cover boot on the rope, breaks it up. And it wasn't even really on the rope. He got it under the rope, but I, I understand they, they count it as on the rope. Right. I mean, I mean, WWE does the same thing. It's kind of yep. like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're out of bounds either there. way. Yeah, right. Out of bounds. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Starks slips out of a deadlift German suplex from the top rope. Starks nails a sit-down powerbomb for a cover of two. And I got to admit, I did not see Starks hitting this type of move, especially fresh off of an injury. No, um, you know, that's one thing about Brian Cage matches that I always take away is just his strength mind-blowing. I mean, tonight when he did curls with Ricky Starks with one arm for a while and then just held him up with the other arm for a while and then hit his, hit his move or tried to hit his move and actually Ricky reversed it. But yeah, I did not know Ricky Starks had that kind of strength, especially coming off an injury like you said. Yeah. Um, so Starks goes, grabs the title, Hobbs yanks it away from him, playing it off as, you know, we want to do this clean. We're team Taz, but we're going to do it clean. And I, I really thought at that point they even fooled me. I will admit they, I got they, fooled. They hooked me too a little bit, yep. Um, Starks turns around, goes right into an F5 with a very close three count. Very, very close to a three count. Hook grabs the ref's uh, attention. Hobbs jumps on to the ring apron with the title. Goes to hit Starks, but ends up knocking out Cage. Spear by Starks. Cover one, two, three. Ricky Starks is your new FTW champion. And the crowd ate it up. Right oh, moves. Right guy Lord. won. It was time to get this belt off Cage. It's time to make him full, full baby face. Time to take the chains off of him. He even referenced that on Twitter tonight to a lot of different fans who were talking about that. Yep. This story is far from over with Cage against Team Taz. It's oh, just yeah. beginning, but I'm all for Ricky Starks being the FTW champion. Hopefully he defends him more. Hopefully this is the beginning of AEW taking this title more seriously and showcasing them more on TV because I feel like it's been a waste ever since they've introduced it back on TV for the first time since ECW had it in 1999. Yeah, I mean, it's really just fallen to the wayside. I forget about it, and occasionally I'll see, like, as I'm watching the uh, uh, Dark Recap or Dark Elevation Recap, you'll see Brian Cage defending FTW Championship against some little unknown del Sol. indie guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He takes on Fuego Del Sol or Jimmy... Stewart from El Paso or something, you know? Yeah. 
weird, yeah. weird little things that make absolutely no right. sense as to why he would defend that title against right. them. Right. Uh, after the match, of course, Team Taz is on the ramp celebrating. Clearly, it wasn't Hobbs meant to hit Starks and accidentally hit Gage. That's clear. I mean, the hug from Taz said it all. Yep, Taz uh, planned it all. You know, the heel gets over, new champion, and then baby face. So you got the heel turn, the heel and the baby face completely um, switched, yep. I guess, switched, or the roles roles are definitely separated. So yes, good stuff. Um, after this, we get a look back at Malachi Black's debut. Uh, Cody Still Rhodes. Gives me goosebumps. Still oh, gives me goosebumps. Yes. yes. Cody Rhodes comes out to commentary and cuts a promo on Black. I text you. I said, this is a main event match Cody promo. And then he grabbed the mic before I could finish sending the text. So I was like, and now it's going to get better. <laughs> right when he came out and got on the headset, I'm like, all right, we're back to 2019, Cody. This isn't. The 2020 Cody, the 2021 Cody we've seen so far. This is back to the intense, emotional Cody Rhodes. And yep. then he calls out Malachi Black, and I'll, I'll let you fill in the blanks. Yep. Uh, he understands Black wants to take out a franchise player to be a franchise player, but knocking out someone like Arne Anderson is not the way to do it. Cody doesn't feel like he's getting his point across, grabs the mic, heads down to the ring to continue talking. Cody says he feels like fighting and calls for Black. Uh, up on the big screen, Black asked if he heard the crowd when he knocked out him and Arn. Maybe he loves the fans more than the fans love violence. Black tells a story about a horse that won numerous titles, but once the horse couldn't win and was in pain, it was time to put down his horse. Cody tells Black to come down to the ring and face him. The lights go out. Black is in the ring when the lights come back up to a huge pop. About as loud as last week, if not a little louder. Uh, the two start swinging at each other. Officials, referees, and security all rush to the ring to separate them. And I am excited for this feud already. I, th I think everybody is. Even get people who don't like Cody can get on Malachi Black's side. I loved yeah. when Malachi Black was like, I was hoping you'd say that. And the lights went out. And like you said, they came back on. Then they just started going at it. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Cody didn't give many shots at I think he was no. trying, but Malachi was just yeah. overpowering him. I don't oh, know yeah. if he was meaning to or not, but uh, right. it's, it's the little things. And I can't take credit for this because I saw a lot of people tweet about it. You had Cody in all white, Malachi in all black, good versus evil. Yeah. Fantastic. It kind of brings me back to, and I hope they don't go this way with this, um, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker yeah. feud. Yeah. You know, where Shawn came down from the heavens from the heaven, and Undertaker yep. up from hell. I hope we don't see that type of feud, but I'm totally for this all white, all black, good versus evil type feud. Absolutely. And this is the perfect, perfect phone for both guys. It's yes. Perfect to get Cody back where he belongs in a main event feud. I just, the Nightmare Factory and uh, Nightmare Family stuff just didn't go how I don't think any of us thought it was going to. It just didn't. Uh, it just didn't hit, didn't click. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's about time to get him back in the in the main event feud. And this is a perfect debuting feud for Malachi. Um, I mean, I, I I think he should get over over in this feud. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. But it's it's awesome. I mean, he his t shirt on shopaw.com was the number one selling shirt this past week. So oh, well, of course it was. Yeah, and. I w Before we go any further in the show, I want to take a moment to talk about, I think there's already a possible feud building 
or we're just all going to get swerved based off of the video that Malachi Black released last Thursday on Instagram. So, yeah, that with uh, Buddy Murphy. Yeah. 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 Buddy Murphy. It's interesting you bring him up because uh, the guy we were just talking about, Brian Cage, that is got Buddy Murphy and Brian Cage are facing each other in another promotion next month. So hmm. that will be his first match outside of WWE once his 90 yep. days is up. So we'll see. Uh, he's definitely going to end up somewhere. He's too talented not to. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, Malachi Black you... is officially all elite. The graphic yep. was up last week. This is why you uh, shouldn't fight with the other inmates or get pushed into the stairs, which never happened. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Right. That was a nice little stab at WWE because I was watching briefly as that feud was going on and they just stopped talking about it. Like it never happened. There were right. no replays of it. No, nothing. So I thought that was a nice little way to incorporate that. Well, and you notice Malachi, he's got the contact in one eye mm-hmm. as well. I like he's, he's got to do that probably the rest of his career. So yep. he's not, he's not going to let anybody forget about it. Right. And it was nice thing. too. It's a little yep. thing. So, and this feud's yeah. going to be awesome. Can't wait. Oh. I'm already um, excited about it. Like, you know, I'm glad they let each other get physical and into it tonight mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I know some feuds you get hot, you don't want them to touch until the big um, payoff. Blow off, payoff. Thank you. Payoff uh, match. But in this case, nah, let them go at it right away. And then we can cut some promos here and there in, in the following weeks. Yep. Uh, then we head backstage as Tully Blanchard walks down the hall by himself. Marvez goes to talk with him about the cheap shot on Conan, but Santana and Ortiz tell him he's got some stones to walk the hallways on his own. They go to smack him with a lead pipe, or, well, crowbar, my bad, uh, but don't end up doing it. And uh, Santana says, we were taught to respect our elders. They warn Tolly that they won't be so nice next time and tell him to get his boys, FTR. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought this was a little cheesy, really. It didn't really hit with me, but I am looking forward to that match. I want to see a two-on-two match. Mm-hmm. Proud and powerful versus FTR. Looking forward to that. Um, but I don't know. It didn't do much for me. And, of course, I had to stop and really focus because I swear Marvez said that cheap shot on Cody last week. And I'm like, when did Tully hit Cody? And then I it dawned on me, Oh, it was Conan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought he said that too. When he, yeah. When he said it fast and speaking of Conan, uh, he debuted a new LAX in MLW with a talent that was previously in a W while they're now daily's place. That is Danny Limelight who is now signed full-time with MLW. He and a couple other talents are the new LAX in MLW, which Conan got permission from Impact to use the name. Okay. So yep. LAX survives. Yep. <laughs> Just wait, was, I wish I wish AW was able to use that name. I like that better. Proud and powerful. I've said that from day one. They'll, they're still LAX to me. Yeah. Always uh, yeah. yeah. Of course, at one point, as you sit there and think about LAX, they were on the verge of becoming the new version of the new world order. Cause they started out as yeah. three people. And then at one point they had like what, 10 people yep. in LAX. So I'm glad it dwindled down and died off. And it's just a few guys again. Right. Right. Um, next we see Tony Schiavone in the ring as he introduces hangman page for a huge pop. Yeah, yeah, you knew it was going to be one of the biggest pops of the night. And it it was. 
Uh, Paige says he has said he'll be AEW world champion since day one, but he failed. He tried to run and hide from it, but the dark order is right. He still needs the title. Paige goes to challenge for the title and Don Callis cuts him off. Out comes Callis, the Bucks, two, the two, big booze, big booze. I, oh, I, 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 yeah. And even some middle fingers I saw on the camera. I should add. And, what are the Bucks wearing? I mean, I know they're heel now and they're having some fun with this, but I Nick's outfit looked like a onesie you would put on a newborn. And well, Matt's looked like a toddler. Outrageous stuff they can find. Even Kenny's was a little out there tonight, which Kenny's isn't normally. So yeah, the, yeah, the Bucks don't give any Fs anymore. No, no, and I got to give Matt props for his shoes matching his outfit because that was Their hard to games do. Are always, they're always on point. So yes. Uh, the elite comes out and Callis says Paige knows he's not that guy that can take the title. Matt says he's going to say something to Paige's face. Matt hops in the ring and asks Paige if he remembers them, the best friends he abandoned for a bunch of losers. He can tell Paige is still hitting the bottle, which hits the narrative of the sad, lonely cowboy that's drunk and by himself in the end. Matt says only Paige has himself to blame because let's face it. He's the next wrestling tragedy. Matt says he doesn't have the balls to hit him, and Paige clocks him. At this point, Omega goes in for a cheap shot, but outruns the Dark Order. Chaos follows for a few moments. Omega grabs the mic and says that they can, uh, or uh, Hangman says, you know, I won't, I want a match. I'm not leaving without a match, and neither are you. Mega grabs the mic and says they can do that. How about a five versus five elimination style match? Paige says he doesn't want that match, but if that's what they have to do, then so be it. Paige says when they win, he gets a title shot, and some of the Dark Order gets a title shot for the tag titles. The Elite huddle up, and Omega seems to have a plan. He gets in the ring, tells Paige uh, he's making a lot of demands in the Elite isn't getting anything in exchange. Kenny says if the elite wins, none of them get a title shot. He says Omega is actually just afraid of failing or Omega says Paige is just afraid of failing and uh, in an attempt to get away from Paige. Paige says neither he nor the Dark Order back down from a fight and he's on. Of course, it was the way he worded it really made me have a lot of questions. Well, yeah, there was a lot to take away from this. Uh, one thing I liked right away when I noticed when the league came out, Carl Anderson was not with them. I love that. Yep. Um, I think too many companies do that to where the guy loses early in the night. Oh, he's fine now. He's not beat up at all. He comes out. Um, I like that. So little details like that that mean a lot to me. Um, yeah, I like I like this build. Um, this is fantastic. This is a build. I don't want to see the two guys get physical until all out which I, I do think they are saving this for all out. I know a lot of people thought maybe fight for the fallen. There's no way. There's no way they're we'll, going to put this in fight for the fallen. I think the five on five will be at fight for the fallen. Correct. I think you're right. Um, so I hope this is a five on five traditional, like survivor series style match. I think that'd be terrific. I also love Omega trying to get in Heyman's head at the end saying that yep. uh, he's scared to fail, all that. It just long-term storytelling at its finest. I love Matt Jackson getting in the ring, getting face-to-face with Hangman. It sent me back to when they were trying to all get along, and Hangman flipping them off last year before the pandemic. It took me right back to that. Uh, now my question to you is which five members of the Dark Order – well, okay, Hangman, Uno, and Stu are three 
Givens. Who are the other two you think in the five on five match? Honestly, I'm leaning kind of towards uh, the recruitment specialists. Oh yeah, uh, Alex and Silver. I think Tins in. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, I he's too big. I want to say ten because he'd be the good matchup against Gallows, um, but he doesn't really have the chemistry in a tag format with anybody else apart from five. And I don't think they're going to put five in there. See, I think it's going to be 10 and five. You think so? I don't think John Silva's cleared yet. Mm, I really be- don't because according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, when Uno went against um, Miro a few weeks ago for the TT title, that was originally supposed to be John Silver again, getting another rematch and his shoulder still wasn't ready. So that okay. tells me if it's not wasn't ready two weeks ago, I don't know how ready it's going to be in two weeks. And I don't see what uh, Reynolds can really do without John Silver. Now five would be the weak link, but he's got history with Omega. Omega can get this him out true. quick this time. This like, is true. Him and squash him instead of, instead of letting it go on for eight minutes. So that's just yeah. my takeaway. But then again, if not five, you can put Cole Cabana in there. Colt's got history with the guys too. Yeah, so, I forget about Colt. I do too. I do too, and it's it's too bad I, because I think Colt and Brody, uh, rest in peace, of course, legendary Brody Lee. I think they were going to have a nice feud eventually, and it just didn't, didn't play out. Of course. Yeah, I think it was going to be the hard way of joining the Dark Order. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we would have seen Colt Cabana and Brody Lee in a feud at the end. Of course, Brody would come out victorious right. over the feud, and that would force cult to join the dark order it'll be interesting i think uh but yeah i think um i mean they can go a lot of different directions but but we'll we'll see we'll see who's right i guess and of course i loved hangman's um statement at the very end the dark order doesn't back down from a fight you're on right and and did you see the reactions of the dark order they're all like what are you Confused. doing? And, and uno's shaking his head so it's like yeah. they don't like the stipulation of oh if we lose we can't we don't get a tag team title shot. Right. But I think Hangman's got faith in him. Um, I think, like you said, he's an honorary member. I kind of feel like he's becoming the honorary leader. I won't yeah. say exalted one because that's reserved for Brody and negative one. But temporary leader, I think he fits the role. Well, yeah, and I think this is definitely set up your all-out World title match and your tag team title match. Now, which two of the Dark Order gets that tag team title shot? I don't really know. Right. I think, again, it'll come down to is silver cleared? If not, I think it'll be Uno and Stu. And really, even if silver's cleared, I think Uno and Stu kind of deserve it now. Because unfortunately, since John's been out, I know he's been on BTE well, and then they got kicked out. Now he's been on Sammy's vlog. But I feel like he's kind of lost a little steam. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, I don't want to see him forgotten, right? But they just they don't do much with him, even on BTE when he was on there. He just had a couple lines here and there. It's kind of like a ah, don't don't worry about you. Yeah, to me, his sticks are getting a little stale. But that's just yes. that's just me. So I'm just curious as to uh, if the Dark Order will find their way back onto BTE. 
Well, I'll tell you, BT's getting beat in the ratings anymore. Uh, I, I find the Sammy vlog a lot more entertaining. Uh, BT's oh, yeah. just, for me, gone downhill quite a bit in the last year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Young Bucks, face or heel. Mm-hmm. But with everything they've got going on, the vlog was getting too much for them. Yep. So seeing those BTE bits and the the Leva and Peter Avalon stuff, which of course had a Dark Order member involved as well, but and you know the the Hollywood hunk stuff, you know, ah, could you guess who this actor was? And it was always him. <laughs> Even though that was cheesy, it was still something that broke up the Bucks dragging out a thirty second segment. Right. Right. It so. just. Yeah, I just I just think Sammy's vlog's more entertaining every week. And I also enjoy Ethan Page's, Page's vlog every week, too. So. And, of course, uh, Silver's got his own little couple minutes of Silver screening. Yeah, he, hadn't, he hadn't done one of those in a while. No, not but since I he got injured. I think it's because, yeah, the shoulder injury. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to yep, Dynamite. Yep, yep. We got, <laughs> yep. Get back on track. Um, <laughs> Backstage, Marvez talks to Jericho about MJF stipulations. Jericho says he'll do whatever it takes and that uh, the Greek mythology was perfect for him. Um, at this point, Jericho gets hit with a chair in the throat from the chairman himself. Um, MJF says he just wanted to return the favor for the cheap shot that Jericho gave him last week says next week he will be taking on Sean Spears in a match where Spears can use a chair, but Jericho can't Spears then hits Jericho's bad elbow with the chair. Loved it. Thought it was simple. Got the point across set up next week's match. This is a match I've wanted to see for a while. Jericho versus Spears. I think Sean Spears is still underutilized. Now, will he win? No, but uh, he doesn't win a lot of these big matches, but I want to see him in more big matches, see what he can do. I like the stipulation of he, as the chairman, can use the chair, but Jericho can't. So how is yeah. Jericho going to get himself out of this one? Step out of the way and let him slam himself into a chair in the corner and get the pin. There you go. I, I mean, I'm hoping that's not how this ends, but hey, I don't write for the company. So if it happens... I'm sorry. <laughs> also, congratulations to Chris Jericho and Fozzie today. They hit a big milestone yep. on 100 million um, streams on Spotify of Judas. So that is pretty incredible. Yep. And um, they've got a new song out called Sane. And Fantastic. Uh, shout out to Fozzie for coming to little old Indiana. They shot it down in Santa Claus, Santa Indiana. Claus. Yes, that is a real holiday town. world. Yep, that is a real town, everybody. Santa so, Claus, Indiana. Yes. If you're not from Indiana and you're listening to this podcast, look up Holiday World. Yep. It's fantastic. Yep. It's a fantastic little place to visit. Yep. Uh, next, we get Matt Hardy and Christian Cage, a match that was 25 years in the making, it feels like. Yeah, that's what they keep <laughs> saying. Um, it was interesting. This is only the third one-on-one Singles match, televised singles match between the two. First time since 03. I didn't like yep. how they brought up that Christian was 0-2 against Matt coming into this match. I don't think the result was ever really in question. But I will no. say I thought this match was better. It was better than I anticipated it being going into. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of back and forth. I mean, it started with that tie-up that spilled to the floor. And, I mean, I didn't think that break was ever going to end there for a minute. Uh, Christian finally takes a side headlock, slips into the ring, 
pops Hardy, trips him up, and then throws Hardy into the barricade. Christian gets to the top rope, splashes down to the floor on Hardy. Now, I got to say, Christian threw Matt into that barricade, and I think Matt hit a little harder than he anticipated because that sounded painful more than normal. Yeah, I think there was a few hard bumps in this match that maybe weren't yeah quite planned, but uh, two vets going at it, being a little aggressive. Uh, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed this match. Yep. Uh, the two continue to battle at ringside until Hardy hits a DDT on the steps. He then chokes Christian against the bottom rope. Uh, back in the ring, Christian tries to fight back, but he doesn't have much luck. Hardy then catapults him neck first into the second rope. Hardy lands an elbow drop for a cover of two. Hardy up on the second rope. Christian sweeps out the legs, and Hardy goes crashing down. Christian chokes Hardy over the second rope, leaps out to the floor, and punches Hardy in the face. Christian comes close to beating Hardy, but Hardy is able to keep kicking out. Christian goes to the top rope for a frog splash with a cover of two. Hardy, with a superplex, tries to end the match in the ring with a low blow and a twist of fate. Hardy locks in a submission, the leech on the floor, and has the as the referee starts up the 10 count. Christian beats the count, hits the kill switch cover, and that's it. Christian remains undefeated in Dynamite. Yeah, and uh, 6-0 and now. And Matt Hardy's now, I believe, 14-4. and I was surprised to see his 14-3 yep. record. I didn't realize it was that good. I know he has wrestled a lot of dark matches and dark elevation yep. matches as of late. But uh, one thing I really liked about this match was Matt Hardy kept trying to win via countout. Yes. I really enjoyed yeah. that aspect. That was kind of, uh, in my opinion, a shout out to the old Matt Hardy from Team Extreme. So, yeah. Uh, he, he won several of his singles matches by count out. Um, I don't remember what the two matches against Christian were, if they were actual pins or submissions or count outs. I don't remember, but uh, overall, I enjoyed that. Yeah. And then post match, um, uh, private party came out and we're going to attack Christian and then jungle boy and Luchasaurus came in for the save. And I asked you, I was like, is Christian banged up? Did he get hurt there? Cause he looked to be moving around real slow after the match and yep. holding aside. Maybe he was just doing a good job selling. I don't know. I'll be interested to see if there's anything reported because he just kind of looked yeah. out of it and kind of looked like he was really beat up there after the match, but maybe he was just doing a good job selling. And of course, uh, Luchasaurus kind of carried him out on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So he looked at, he's like, what are you doing? And, yeah. um, interesting. I was wondering what direction they were going to go with Jungle Boy. Um, I don't know, Paul. I kind of feel like Jungle Boy's above this. I agree. Um, kind of the same thing with Archer. We had him in the title picture. Yeah, he lost. Now let's kind of just push him over here. There's just so many talented guys there's so much good talent in this company yep. you can't put everybody in the main event spotlight but uh i think it'll start yeah. changing with rampage august uh, 13th yes and, and eventually i think we will see maybe not in the next month or two but i think maybe eventually we'll see christian turn heel and mm -hmm. feud with jungle boy oh that'd be great i'd enjoy that mm -hmm. um we then get a video package of Miro kind of telling the story about how this hero lost his way and then he found himself and forgave everybody. And interestingly enough, it was quick, but Miro redid the TNT title. He changed the strap and uh, one of the banners. It's a white strap now and the champion banner is green. 
Yeah, the nameplate's green. It looks really good. Um, it does. But is this going to be a new thing to where the champion of this belt can pick out the colors or what's going on? Because it's like this championship, this is the fourth different version we've got. Well, the one was a temporary one. Let's not forget. Yeah, the first <laughs> one was silver. And then, yep. and then you got the gold plates with red. And then that was retired. retired Brody, Brody. And then they got the black one, which I thought looked sharp. You yep. know, I, I think this design looks sharp. Don't get me wrong, but. I just I hope they kind of explain if this is a thing going forward where this champion because I still personally think when they go on TBS they need to change the title they're not going to do that because they're going to have those four super card shows every year on TNT but I just think it's going to be weird with the TNT title on TBS but that's just me I wish they would name it the television title and maybe they will maybe they will maybe that's why they're maybe they're experimenting now with different designs per. <laughs> champion to see what they can come up with and maybe that's why Miro hasn't been on as much because he might be working with them to come up with a new title I don't know could be <laughs> I'm gonna tell yep we head back to the ring for another Tony Schiavone interview uh the man spends more time in the ring than some of the wrestlers do he actually got through this interview this is the first one in months so I think he's got all the way through yes and it was absolutely Great. Of course, we knew he was going to because it was Dr. Britt Baker, DFD. She's just money, man. I know. I know you were not a fan, but I know she's one you. I was not. She is. Eyes are glued to the TV when she's on. Yes, I. I text you. I said, you know, I think her boyfriend's really been working with her over the past year because she went from not being able to deliver a promo without stuttering through the whole thing to delivering a flawless promo like she did tonight. Her confidence is through off, the roof. Off the chain, just through the roof. It, and yes. the crowd is so behind her. It's even as a heel. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still sticking with this. She's the anti-heel. Yep. The this is the DMD era, just like the previous 316 era. I like that. So she said it, and I agree with it. And that's yep. amazing because, like I said, like you said, I wasn't a fan of Brit in the beginning, uh, but yes, she has she has won me over. And uh, a promo like this week's promo where she says she's at the top of the food chain. She's off of the menu and Nyla can do what she wants, but doesn't matter. And I love the shot. She took a Vicky with the last name. You're only relevant because of your last name, which is so true. Yeah. Um, and I loved after the promo, you know, her music, you can hear music in the background. You can see her posing to the crowd on the TV, but they cut backstage and let Vicky and Nyla take some shots at her. I thought that was, I just really liked how that was shot. Yep. Vicky screams at the camera that they're going to beat her next week. Rose says that she's got a whooping coming and it's going to be world-class. And then we get to what we were all hoping for, which was Moxley responding to Archer and says he's never beaten Archer. He's survived Archer. Moxley knows Archer is going to keep coming and he will not be hunted. He's the hunter. Moxley says there's only one boogeyman in AEW. Next week, Archer will be Texas dead. So, posing this question to you. Does Mox retain next week, or does Archer finally get his biggest win in AEW? I see. This goes back to I don't want to see Mox drop it. Uh, he just broke the record, so to turn around and lose it would suck. But he's got the biggest record over with this title, and Archer needs this. I mean, 
Archer just keeps getting pushed back. He needs this. I think Archer needs it, but I don't think they do it. I think I think nope. I think I think that's gonna be Moxie's match at all out. We're gonna see Moxley defend this against a new Japan talent. I don't know who. That's just my prediction right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we'll I don't see. know where else to go with Mox for a big match at all out. So no, no, and to not have him at all out would not. And, and the way the the, the pandemic is still going really heavy over in Japan, it's not getting really any better. So they can't really have too much travel. So I, I just think that makes sense. They still want that title on television on mainstream American television. So I think he defends it on all out against a a big um, New Japan star, and maybe that's where the title changes hands. Maybe, maybe. Uh, up next, we get Wheeler Yuta. Mm-hmm. Okay. With uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy taking on Sammy Guevara. Another huge pop from the crowd for Sammy. Um, again, it was hard to hear his music at the very beginning. Uh, but I thought they changed his music, but it was <laughs> it was his music. It was just a different uh, on the on the Titan Tron or on the on this video screen, it just showed all the members of the inner circle. That's what yeah. confused me. Yeah. yeah. Um some good back and forth action. Uh Yuta looked like he was gonna get this win over Guevara. Uh but Guevara recovered from some moves, lands a double springboard cutter into the GTH for the cover, ending the match. I love that cutter. That was a thing of beauty. Yes, Guevara is still young, and this man is going to be the face of the company before you know it. He might be my favorite wrestler right now. I, I yep. Cody's up there. It's hard for me to pick one, but top five list, Sammy's on there easily. It's it's hard for me oh, to pick. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to narrow it down one of these days, but Sammy, <laughs> Sammy's right there. He's yep. one, like kind of like Bert Baker with you, Paul. He's one. I was not a fan of Sammy when he debuted in AEW, when he had the panda head, even when he joined in the circle. It took me a couple months. I started watching his vlog. I'm like, this guy's pretty cool outside of the ring. And then he just got better and better as times went on. And I'm, I'm all about it. Yep. See, I knew Sammy from BTE back mm-hmm. in when he was on both his and BTE. I didn't watch his at the time. Uh, it took me a while to get into his vlog. Um, yeah, I think I got into that before you did, but you got into BTE yeah. before I did. So I, I was uh, I was into BTE um, yeah. uh, back when, uh, you know, hashtag FTR yeah. <laughs> was a thing, yeah. and it meant something completely different than it does now. Sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Sammy's definitely in the top five for me as well. So yep, can't wait yep. to see what he's got. Yep, nice quick match tonight. Another another Texas boy. Yeah, home, yep. home state boys. They they got a lot of Texas talent. This was smart for them to go to Texas as their first destination outside of Florida, and to spend two weeks there. Yep. So that's good. Uh, it's nine thirty. If you're following along with uh, Dynamite, as we see a women's match, as Penelope Ford takes on Yuka Sakazawi. I'm sorry this match did nothing for me. It really didn't. I was on my phone more than I was paying attention to the match. It just lost me pretty quick. And I hate saying that. (laughs) I I think the women's division is getting better, but this match just didn't do much for me. I know the crowd liked the return of Yuka Zakazaki, but. Yeah. um, Yep. I had, I I sent you a text right at the end of this match, which was welcome back, Yuka. Time for the coffin match. Yep. I had that text ready to send before the break. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it just was, you know, 
yeah, we were just ready for the coffin match. We had some good match there tonight. The promos had been fire. The back six segments fire. And this match just kind of cooled everything down for me for a little bit. But it gave me yeah. room to breathe, breathe a little bit before the main event. So. Right. right. And these two hadn't worked together in the past a whole lot. Yeah. So they were still working on that chemistry. Right. And right. I think both of them are still growing. Um, yeah. And, of course, you could pick up the victory. And I'll, I can see these two facing each other again down the road where it'll be more exciting. So Yeah, I still think, you know, there's a lot of debate who's going to be the first AW signed talent to eventually jump ship and go to WWE. I think two prime candidates are Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I agree. Unless Miro can convince him not to do it. Yeah, I just think there, too, that Vince, it just seems like Vince's type of talent. Yes, they do. Uh, we then get the card for next week to this point where we'll see Britt Baker defend against Nyla Rose, Moxley defend against Archer, uh, Jericho and Spears in that uh, Spears can use the chair match, Jericho mm-hmm. cannot, and we'll see Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. Yeah, that nice match does the, nothing for me. No, nice to see the blade getting the one on one. It's the payoff from the brass yeah. nuts and everything. But I think we know who's going to win that match. I mean, there's no, there's no speculation really around it. So, yeah. but but it should be a good card next week. Should be another fun night to a fighter fest. Will this be the return of the butcher? Should be if he's medically cleared. I mean, he act like he is on on Twitter. So he keeps saying yeah. soon. I would like Once that. Yeah. yeah, get him back in. Because, so, <laughs> you know, with the best friends, Trent's going to be out for a long time as he yeah. recovered from his neck surgery. So, yep. And again, another team that really started I think, getting steamed. That's why they, uh, they had, um, remind me of his name, please, debut tonight on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, uh, that was Yuta. Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, I think that's why they kind of got him in tonight because that was a late uh, a match added late to the Yeah, cards. I didn't so, even know that was going to happen. So Yeah, I saw it earlier today nice. or, or, yeah. or late last night, I should say. So so I think that's why they got him incorporated in there, just kind of give the best friends another guy moving forward. Yep. And, of course, now it's time for the coffin match. We see the Paul Bearers, no pun intended, bring down the coffin. <laughs> And set it ringside, and then they disappeared. Uh, Paige came out, and then Darby came out to a pretty big pop. Not as big as I was expecting, though. Yeah, me neither. I, I didn't realize, and I didn't see the rating rankings until the show, I didn't realize Ethan Page climbed up to number five. I didn't realize that either. And I was looking at him right before the show started, and I was like, ah, I don't need to look at those this week. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> lots of back and forth action. Um, of course, Paige got hit right off the bat with a uh, steel plate. <laughs> yeah, Bret Hart like, when, he, when, he, when he took off the the jersey and uh, for the Goldberg spear. That's what it reminded me of right away. Yep. yep, yep, that's exactly what I thought about. I'm like, oh man, this is this is going to be fun. But this was uh, a lot of back and forth, Darby. Opened the coffin, out popped Scorpio Sky with the rose in his mouth. Yep. So right when you saw Scorpio, you knew who was coming out next. Oh, yeah. Sting made his way down to the ring to a huge pop. Uh, The camera's kind of focused on Sting and Sky a little more than I wanted. Yeah, yeah. They missed some spots. I didn't like that either. Um, 
But I also think Darby landed wrong on that one move that Paige hit. So I think that's why they focus there more to give him some time to kind of recuperate. Probably checking on him medically real quick. Yep. Um, and of course, everybody was stoked that Sting hit the Stinger Splash and then realized, oh, wait. He you can definitely tell he was not going to hit it by the way he jumped and how yeah. Scorpio was positioned, but the cameras then pick it up. It's like, oh, man, how did you miss that spot? But, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Allen throws Paige over the barricade. The two battle out into the crowd. Allen ends up diving onto Paige, but he got caught and sent spine first into the metal barricades. The dude takes <sighs> a lot of hard bumps. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a reason he's going to be in the next Jackass movie. <laughs> you said it, not me. Nope. <laughs> uh, they make their way back to the ring as uh, Paige takes the bottom rope off completely i mean it, it's gone <laughs> from the one side yeah, i thought that was fun yes um page then grabs the steel hook of the turnbuckle that he undid hooks it around alan's necklace then yanks him hard to the mat snapped the necklace oh yeah alan gets the hook and puts it in page's mouth this was a bad spot i'm I mean, it was interesting until they changed the camera angle. And then it wasn't even close. You could tell. Yeah, he where was it was just space. in his mouth. Yeah. Not yeah. even hooked on. And I'm no. like, oh, man, guys. Yep. Just, yep. Just drop it. Yep. I did laugh at commentary, JR. He's going <laughs> fishing. Tony's like, he got himself a big one. Yeah. And then they switched the camera position and everybody just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Some more back and forth action. We saw what hurt my back was the, um, oh man, what's it even called? Ego's Edge. There we go. Like the Ego's Edge. It was like an avalanche Ego's Edge tonight off the top rope. Yeah, off the top rope. Man. I love into the steel stairs. I, I thought that was it right there. I did not know how this was going to go in Darby's favor. I thought Darby was going to win this match, but I thought it was going to be really competitive like it was. Yeah, um, but yeah, go, um, go ahead with the finish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we realize that Paige is busted open and brings Alan near the coffin. Uh, Alan gouges the eyes of Paige and bites him. Alan grabs a skateboard, goes up onto the top rope, double stomps on Paige's back. Paige falls down to the coffin poorly. Yes. Alan shuts the lid for the win. Yeah, when that was, I'm like, really. That's how it, that's how he got in the coffin and finished. But and then when and you could tell something was going to happen, Darby was starting to go up to the top rope to celebrate, and then you saw Bryce Rimsburg like hold him off. I, I don't know if the camera's yeah. going to catch us, and he, and he held up like yeah. two, like got two minutes left or something. Then Darby looks again, goes back up, hits the, a great coffin drop to go off the air. Probably like, the best coffin drop I've seen from Darby. At least since the Cracker Barrel one. Yeah. Um, I did like this spot. I was like, okay, I can take, I can believe this spot, but I didn't like right. how the match originally finished because I'm like, he, that wouldn't put him out to where. No, he uh, stepped liked, down liked, and stepped in. Yes, but I like the I'm, coffin drop. That, that was yes. the way the show went off the air. I, I'm, I can get on board. If they wouldn't have done that, I would have been like, that just lost the whole point with me on, on the rating of tonight's show, but it didn't. So. <laughs> and with that being said, Tanner, what do you rate this week's show? Another on a scale of one show, to ten. The uh, crowd was so hot. I think I gave last week's like an eight point five. Man, I'm right around there again. I mean, I think 
spoiler alert, I think a lot of these shows are going to be great. So a lot <laughs> of my rankings are going to be high. I'm giving tonight's an eight. Um, I didn't enjoy the women's match and um, a couple bad camera misses in the, in the main event. That's what yep. separates it from an 8.5 or even a 9 for me. But crowd was hot. I enjoyed uh, majority of the matches, enjoyed the promos, the backstage segments. Uh, just fun Wednesday night action again. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 this week, which is, I think, my officially highest rating since we switched to I the number. It, um, it was a great show from start to finish. few bad camera angles. And again, the women's match didn't really do it for me. Um, Give me some Jade Cargo back on TV, please. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see her in the Rampage uh, yeah. video package. Yeah. Um, but that was, that's all we've really seen of her here lately. Right. So get her back in the ring. I don't care if she takes on some unknown talent and squashes them. Just give us Jade, even if it's two and a half minutes. Yeah. Give her and get Mark Sterling on the, as our mouthpiece. Get him back on yep. television, please. Absolutely. Um, all right, Tanner, your wrestler of the week. Uh, there's a lot of good candidates tonight, but I'm going with Ricky Starks. How could you not? Uh, home state boy getting his biggest win in AEW in his AEW career so far and getting the FTW title. And like I said, hopefully it brings reason and um, more focus to the FTW title going forward. Um, I can understand that and agree with that, uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, but I went Christian Cage this week. Okay. Um, it was nice to see Christian now enter that feud as a one to two record instead of an O and two. Yep. And I'm interested to see what they do forward based off of that because Matt can come back and say, hey, look, I still have one pin over you or one victory over you. That's that deal with it. Or it could fire Matt up and go, no, 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 no. I may have got the best of three, but we're going to finish this the right way. Yeah, and you know, you and I have done pretty good every week. One of us seems to get the AEW's pick of wrestler of the week right, one of us. So hopefully we can continue that streak. Um, yeah. I got a couple of thoughts and questions I want to pose to you real quick before we wrap this up. Let's so do it. Jer Jeremy Lambert of uh, Fightful.com brought this up. I'm like, that's interesting. He was unhappy still that they never really did much with the hangman Matt Hardy rivalry, how it ended because you remember hangman bought lawnmowers and they kind of <laughs> visited on BTE, but I mean, Matt Hardy lost his whole first quarter earnings and he doesn't seem to care. He just kind of moved right on. Yeah. yeah um, probably maybe should have touched that on a little more for a week or two. Yeah. Uh, I think ending it on BTE was the original intention probably. because this really started on BTE. Um, but yeah, they needed something because I mean, I, I sit here and I read tweets and Facebook posts and comments. Oh, I'm so excited with rampage. We're going to get three hours of AEW. What? <laughs> We've had three hours of AEW since it, since before it debuted. What are you talking about? <laughs> so i mean there are a lot of people who don't watch anything right. other than dynamite and now rampage starting in a month yeah so yeah definitely needed to touch on that a little more my other question to you is i gotta think sting's gonna be a match it all out right yeah i want i want it to be a singles match yes he needs he's done two, two matches and they've both been tags 
something single, even if it's just a quick match. Right. I want to. I want to see about eight minute match against yep. somebody. But who? Who is the question? Scorpio Sky. That's probably where it's going. I see. I yeah. I'd be fine with that, but and, and I don't think Sting would have a problem with putting somebody over, even though his first singles match, I think AW would give him the win. But I don't know this. This feud between those two seems like it's kind of run its course for me tonight with the, with the coffin match, but I don't know. I I know where I'd like to, them to go, but I don't think they're going to get there by all out. How about Sting versus Darby? Okay. Okay. And, and neither of them have to turn. It's just a kind of prove it match. Yeah. But I, don't, maybe, yeah. I don't know if they do that or not, but I got to think it'll be something big. Well, you could. You could go, you know, Darby says, I was able to beat Paige one-on-one without your, well, still had your help yeah. because you took on Sky. But he, he was doing what he always does. He's evening the odds. He's not really right. helping Darby. He's evening the odds, so there's no funny business. And maybe that's where Darby goes with it. Not Again, not really a turn, just a look. I need to prove that I can do this. Let's yep. go one-on-one, see what happens. Could be. Yeah. I was just thinking that the other day. I'm like, yeah, they got to have Sting on All Out, and it should be a singles match, but who against? Or two weeks before, they'll do like they've done before, and oh, crap, and throw Sting in a match real quick that makes no sense. It could be. Um, <laughs> no, it's going to be fun to watch. I think we're still going to get a lot of big surprises going forward in the summer. The um, a Grand Slam, AW Dynamite Grand Slam. That's going to be September 22nd from Arthur Ashe Stadium. Pre-sale tickets sold pretty well today. The general public tickets go on sale Friday. I think they're going to sell that whole place out. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to be bigger than All Out. I think All Out's going to be the biggest show of the year, but that's going to be right up there for one of the biggest dynamites of the year, if not the biggest dynamite. Yep. yep. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking we're going to get a very big surprise that night on Grand Slam. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of – 90 days that end. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. I, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, there, there is more and more talk about him being all elite. He's mentioned it. Um, I mean, I went from seeing nothing about Daniel Bryan to now. Oh, Brian Danielson's going to AEW. Yeah. yeah all over the place. And it's like, you know, I hope so. I, and I hope I hope they do him right, like NXT did for him. Yes, and I will go on record. I know there's a lot of people that want CM Punk. If CM Punk doesn't surprise it all out, it's not happening. Exactly. If Punk shows up for AEW, it's going to be at Chicago. Yep. He's not going to travel. It will to break the freaking internet if it happens. Yes. But. I'm not getting my hopes on that one. I, I will say I'm starting to get my hopes up on Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever you want to call him. I am starting to get my hopes up on that the more I read things. So. Yeah, because, I mean, it makes sense. This is something – this isn't fans just going, oh, my God, I want him there. Like yeah. you see with Punk. This is him legitimately. He's done interviews where he's talked about – how cool it would be, you know, the the different things that they have that nobody else has had that a company he's been a part of. You know, he's been in ROH. He was in, I think he was in Impact for a brief stint. 
I don't, I don't recall that, but you, you might be right. I don't, I don't but. know. But he's done a lot of different things, and he's seen that AEW has things that these other companies didn't have. And f- for a company that he could retire from whenever he wanted, where he doesn't have to be there every single week. Yeah, I think I think it was Wrestle Talk. I saw that report of this, or it might have been Fightful, um, where WWE has dropped Daniel Bryan from some upcoming projects. That mm-hmm. kind of gave me the light bulb over the head, like, hmm, just the timing of all of this. Yep. Yeah, because he's just kind of in the alumni category now, isn't he? He's right. Not on he's, the active he's roster. not even really. Yeah, he's just out there, like kind of free agent. There hadn't been a lot of talk about him. I know he was brought up on WWE TV not too long ago, but Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer said that had nothing to do with any plans. So, right, and I mean, let's not forget there is an alumni that mm-hmm. has been on AEW, Bret Hart. Right, Bret Hart debuted the AEW Championship belt, and then two weeks later was on. Raw or SmackDown. Right. right. You know so, that was supposed to, originally they were trying to get Flair. Yes. And Flair he got sick, didn't he? Didn't he have uh, that? Attack? Yes. You're yeah. right. He did yeah. because it was a scary time because everybody scary. thought Flair was going to die. Yes. So. so so we'll see. I mean, there's another big free agent out there in the wrestling world that now has a ponytail like Mohawk going on. Um, but I don't see him ever wrestling for another company outside WWE. Could be wrong. That would break the internet too, Mr. Brock Lesnar. But uh, I don't. I don't see that because I think I know Tony Khan's got more money than Vince. But Vince would match anything that Tony wanted to give him because he could not lose yep. um, Brock Lesnar. Right. Yeah. And I, I think Brock's done. I mean, he's a butcher right now. I, I think he'll come back when he wants to. And the best part, you sent me those. Uh, that the Twitter link like five minutes before I announced the fact that it was his birthday. Yeah, I, and I didn't so. know it was his birthday till later. So, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of wrestling birthdays. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, today was Bully Ray's birthday. Of of, of course, wrestling legend's fiftieth, and then Busted Open. Tomorrow's Dave LaGreca's birthday, the host of Busted Open. Today was also a J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett's birthday. So a lot of wrestling birthdays. Slap nuts. Slap nuts. So uh, yeah, good good stuff. Another good good fun podcast tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tanner, with that, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no final thoughts. Uh, go support our podcast and look great doing so. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Kicking Out Podcast. we got three different variations of the shirt right now. A few more to come. Uh, please support us. We'd really appreciate that. Also, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. And like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. And with that, you can like Tanner on Twitter at, at TannerLee92. Myself, at PaulZartman921. Uh, you'll see our Twitter handles in these videos as well as uh, throughout the Kicking Out Podcast Twitter feed. So give us a like uh, either for the Kicking Out Podcast ourself. Again, go support Kicking Out Podcast and looking great while you do it. For Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next Wednesday as we kick out yet another podcast.